It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Commit or Quit. This is Eric. Hey, this is Eddie. I hope you guys are doing well. We have an amazing, amazing guest today. We are joined by the talented and charming actor, Mr. Alexander Hodge. You may know him for his role as Andrew Tan on the HBO Emmy nominated series called Insecure, which we have actually discussed in the past with our friend Phoebe Robinson on Committed Quit. Yes, and if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go check it out after you hear this one because Insecure is one of the best shows out on HBO right now. Anyway, yes. the two of us had a great conversation with Alex and we discussed quite the timely action-packed TV series, Watchmen. Yes, we did. I mean, Watchmen is packed with so many themes and things that are pertinent to what we're going through today. I think, you know, some of it can be sensitive because it is around race and it is around uh, culture and society. But having these discussions is what's going to move us forward and get us more comfortable in discussing the issues that we have today as a culture and as a society. So… Hope you guys enjoy it. We try to tackle some important themes and topics. So don't miss out. And um, before before you forget, please do leave us a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts from, like Apple or Spotify or Google or whatever. And um, hope you enjoy the episode. Without further ado, here's a conversation on Commit Quit with Alexander Hodge. AKA Asian Bay. Let's go. Cue that jingle. Asian Bay, 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 Bay. Jingle. Hey, uh, what do you want to watch? I don't know. Oh, I actually heard this is really good. What do you say? Should we commit or quit? Hello, sir. Alexander. Mr. Alexander Hello? Hodge, how are you? That is it. Well, if you could speak to me in that accent the whole time, that'd be great. Is that your true desire? It's just a little thing that helps, you know, just helps me get through the day. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what I realized? I pick up accents and I'm like the worst at them. And I'm like, I hope people don't get offended by how do you, horrid my accent is. Do you mimic whenever you meet someone who has a different accent? You can't help I it? do. I can't help it. And I, and I know I sound like a fool, but it's just the way I, I am, I guess. That's all right. It works. You've got like you've got you've got like a a youthful charm, and that's what helps play it off. So you know, <laughs> roll with it's, it, man. It's my youthful charm. But anyways, Alex, great to have you on the show. Great to see you again. It's been a few months since we've I've yeah. we never really had a real conversation between you know the three of us. No, right? No, so I'm excited. Is, yeah. I'm excited. I mean, this is as close as this is as close as we're getting at the moment uh, through Zoom. That's our that's our reality. But how are you? Where are you? What what have you been doing during quarantine lockdown? What's going on? I'm chilling, man. I'm in LA, staying my ass at home. Mm. I mean, I feel like that question I have picked up and I have put down so many hobbies through uh, the ten years that quarantine has been. Yeah. So it's like the, the question of what have you been like? What are you doing? We actually, I, I just bought a bow staff. Uh, a what? 
So a bow staff. Yeah, what is so that? I'm basically a bow staff, you know, Eric. I don't know yeah, what that is. Sorry. What is that? Bow staff. That's 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 how it's <laughs> you get that? Eddie, um, what's a bow know, staff? It's it's basically the martial arts weapon that's a glorified broomstick. And oh. you know how they, they do like the 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 rotate it's you know you know band practice, the person who leads the band and they they like band yeah, master, the baton. baton. The baton, yeah. yeah. It's like a really long baton. That's a martial arts weapon. Except it could kill it's people. It's a broomstick. That's the oh, yeah. But as far as visual goes, right? It's like Gandalf's staff, right? But like he's a bandmaster and he could twirl That's it. Good. But he's using it to like hurt people yeah. or defend himself. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a long stick. Uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Alex, congratulations. Say, yeah. Dude, is it okay if we call you Alex or Alexander? Which do you prefer? You can call me Alex. You can call me whatever you want. Okay. I've been called worse things than Alex in my life. Okay. <laughs> I do like I do like Alexander, I'll be honest. Like I, my name is Edward yeah. and I kind of wish I kept Edward, but you know, now I have Eddie. It's, it's never too late. So, you can do it. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's pretty uh it's a lot less Edward. sophisticated. Let's put it that way. Would you like me to call you Edward from now on? Eric. In the accent. Eric, that's enough. No more of this accent, okay? Um, <laughs> dude, but I can totally relate uh, with these hobbies. Like, I'm picking up different dreams by the week. Like, I just started tennis a week ago. Mm. I, you know, I nice. am like really taking it. I got the headband. I got like the like the tying headband. You like, can't, you can't do it without the headband. You yeah. need the headband and the sweatbands. You, yeah. Otherwise, you're not serious. Exactly. I got tennis shoes. I invested over Good. $200 into a racket and I played like three Whoa. Times. I'm like, dude, I'm doing anything for like something competitive right now. Are you one of those people that would like invest in something to make sure that you do it? Uh, Kind of. You're talking about like a gym membership, right? Where you'll like pay for like a nicer gym just to make sure Yeah, you like, go. you know, people be like, yeah, people be like, I'm going to pick up cycling. So they go and get a thousand dollar bicycle to make sure that they do it yeah. because they went and spent a lot of money on it. As opposed to just getting one off Craigslist. Alexander, sure. I will I will tell you though, there is a distinct difference between those that like buy great equipment and then suck at it and then leave it alone. I'm not that guy. So right. I'm not the guy I buying am that guy. <laughs> Eric is that guy. <laughs> I'm not the guy, guy who's gonna buy the three hundred dollar cleats and then like run one route mm. and then put them up because it's not I for am me. that guy. I'll I take just, I'm kind business. of in between. <laughs> I'm in between. I don't want to be the guy, but I am that guy sometimes. It's, uh, I have the $1,000 bicycle and I'm looking at it. Um, however, I bought it secondhand. I did my mm. research. That's how I escape being that guy. That's right. Because I know that eventually I'm going to get over this. So I'm not going to pay retail price. Right. I'm going to go, on, go. I'm going to go on Craigslist and I'm going to, I'm going to get a deal. So. Being thrifty. Being thrifty. Dude, but I you know what? Be. You know what Eddie is though? Even if you won't buy… Like whatever he buys, it's fine. But Eddie likes to play the part. So he'll have to wear the cool clothes and the accessories. Even if he's horrible, he's like, you got to get in the mood. And so I feel like you have more accessories and little trinkets. Eric, you have to look good. Saying, if you look good, you, uh, you feel good. And if you feel good, you play good. Don't quote me. I think that's Michael Jordan. I'm Come almost, on, coach. I'm almost Come positive on. Michael Jordan said that. Or at least I saw a meme <laughs> of it. It could be fake news. But I, I bought into it immediately at a young age. So… Alright. All right. Anyway, cool. can, we, can we hear more about Alexander? Yes. I'm, I'm more curious about Alex. Let's talk more about Alex. So, I mean, you're from Australia. You're from Down Under. What yeah. part are you from? Uh, I'm from Sydney. From, from Southwest Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. Okay. So… 
And tell us about yeah. your story. Like you were born and raised there and then you ended up… How did you end up in LA becoming an actor? What was that entire Ooh. thing? Um, yeah, I was born and raised in Southwest Sydney. Um, and then I came over in… Oh, I want to say 2011. I came over for um, my best mate's wedding. He got married in Tennessee. And Ooh. so my, my introduction to America was like small town Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was lovely. It was very sweet, very quaint. But yeah, that was that was what that was that was my introduction. But then I went to New York, and on a whim, just auditioned for an acting school. I did acting. I studied acting in high school. I went to a performing arts high school, um, and then I got in. And I thought, you know, fuck it, It'd be fun to study in New York for a couple of years, and ended up staying. I moved out to LA last year. Oh, so, okay. So your uh, recent recent York transplant. Yeah. Yeah. What do you so I'd be quarantining anyway. I don't know anyone in LA, so I'd be oh. at home anyway. I'm sorry. That that does not sound particularly fun, but do you have a preference between the two cities, LA and New York? Um, I'm learning to embrace both. I love uh. New York. Uh, I love New York. I've got a lot of great friends there. Um, I, th- I think I spent six years there. And then LA is awesome. I love the weather. It reminds me a lot more of home. Mm. I love the space. I love I love the nature. I love LA is just much more outdoors. Right. It and is. I love that. Quality of life so, is a little bit higher as far as like you're not yeah, cramped in a little hands yeah. or cage. Um I feel like in New York you can get whatever you want within the within the same day. It's it's not too far away. In LA right. you kinda have to commute. You know, you kinda have to hit certain areas in certain days. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're just gonna spend all day driving around. Right. But, Fair. Yeah. You're cool. in LA, right? I'm in, I'm in Korea. Eddie's in Atlanta. You're in Korea. Atlanta. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, but I was saying that, um, you know, you saying that you pursued uh, the performing arts at a young age. Um, I think that was particularly fascinating to me. I mean, we got introduced through our friend Bing at a dinner, I guess. Yeah. Close to like a year ago, I feel. Almost a yeah. year. Yeah. I, 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 call I call it the Asian Illuminati. Yes. <laughs> That's… <laughs> That's what it is to me. It's just a bunch of Asians excelling in different <laughs> industries who all get together and have dinner. Yeah, fair. And but we quickly we quickly found some random uh, how do I say mutual friends. So Eric, he's really close with Galan. Yes, actually. Oh, yeah. So with Galan Chris. was on. Yes, Christopher Chris Chris uh, Galan, as everybody knows him, was um, on our show. He was on Insecure. Uh, yeah. Okay. And that's and that's how we linked up. Um, and yeah, he's a great dude. Fun fact: I thought his name was Gallant. Uh, I don't and blame then you. I was yeah. Then I was corrected. I was. Um, I always go back and forth. There are a lot of people like that where I was like, "Do I call you Gallant or Gallant, or what is the pronunciation?" But what do you do in those situations? Because I'm I'm like one a big fear of mine is getting people's names wrong. Yeah. So I just won't say names. Yeah, I'll come too. up with all kinds of nicknames. Do I come up with with really creative nicknames, or I'll I'll like I'll be like, oh, dude, what's up, man? Yeah, and like be really like be really aggressive with that, so they don't question whether or not I know them. Right, I just don't know their name. I also do a lot of the. Well, I personally have the worst memory. So people were like, yo, remember when we like grab dinner and then watch that movie and then we grab drinks after and I'm like I have I have no recollection whatsoever yeah. I'm like yeah like that was a wild movie they'd be like oh it was like it was like Little Women I'm like 
Oh yeah, that movie is wild. <laughs> I literally time. rewatched I rewatched Watchmen today for this podcast because oh, I wow. had already forgotten about what happened mm. when I watched it. You know what it is. I'm the same as you. You guys are you guys are celebrities. I get it. You guys are interfacing with more people than the average person. So that's it's no, because I've had a shitty memory way before I was <laughs> doing anything noteworthy with my life. <laughs> I just I just I feel like it's I, I feel like it's just like a matter like the brain will just feel like if it's useful, they'll retain it. If it's not useful, it'll just get rid of it. And it's just like, if I've already consumed something, I don't need to remember it. Yeah. I've already done it and I'll move on. I mean, I'm, Eddie has a great memory. Eddie will remember random lines and memes. I've always like, Smells. I will get through an entire movie. Mm. Like I will watch an entire, like a perfect example. Remember, do you ever watch the movie Sicario? Yeah. I couldn't tell you anything about it. I watched that movie three times. Because I thought I never watched it. So I watched it three separate times. And then I got to the end and I go, oh, I watched this. Okay. <laughs> I'm not as bad as you. I'll get to like the second act or third act. And I'll be like, this is kind of familiar. I think I think I know what's going to happen. Turns out I've already seen it. Guys, this is a yeah. larger issue at hand. Okay, you guys have something <laughs> like, like some condition. You guys clearly… <laughs> If Eric is watching the same film four times in a row and not realizing that, that's, that's Eric. We'll talk offline about that. That's, that's yeah. An issue. I, I think I need some. I think I need some help. Yeah. Um. Oh anyways, let's talk a little bit about you know your work. I mean, one of the you know things that a lot of people we know you for is your work on Insecure. You are mm-hmm. Asian Bay on Insecure. Um. Tell us what it's like been playing your character Andrew, which is an Asian. Male romantic lead. Like how is that? First of all, how did you get on that show? Second, how has it been? Let's break Man. it down. I got on the show just by auditioning. They had this, they, they sent the breakdown out. They were looking for an Asian dude um, to, to play this role. I had no idea how, you know, how, how serious the role was or how, you know, what they were after. But like, I was a fan of the show. So I already knew that if they were looking for an Asian dude, there must be a reason. It's not mm-hmm. like they're pretty intentional about what they do and how they right. represent people. Um, thankfully, um, but yeah, once um, once shooting and like just being a part of it, it was kind of wild. Like shooting the first season that I shot, which was season three, um, I wasn't really expecting anything. I, I was just like, all right, cool. This is just like a a, a good role, um, good people to work with, and good fun, good network. Um, but then the response and everything came out, and then obviously like Twitter took off, um, as 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 Twitter likes to do with the show. Um, it was kind of surreal, man. I'll be honest with you. Like I was, I, I, I had never seen that kind of love shown for for any of us in that in that position. You know what I mean? Mm, like, mm. like, like, I mean, Jet Li in Romeo Must Die might be might might be the the most recent I can think of in that sense. Um, but yeah, I just it, it just totally blindsided me. It was just kind of uh-huh. out of the blue. But yeah. What do you have like a memorable? I mean, I know we've just established <laughs> that you and I have horrible memories, but do you have like a memorable tweet that you're like, oh wow, that's flattering or what? Um, I don't know. Um, I just remember there's a whole bunch of people talking about canceling Molly if they bro- if she if she broke up with Andrew. <laughs> so so I I kind of I kind of felt good didn't feel good about that, but I felt like fans had my back. So yeah, that no, that's something to feel that. good about. That's something to feel good about. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I guess um, it is true. Like that Jet Li movie, Romeo's Bride, that's like twenty something years old too, right? We we don't oh, yeah. get to see an Asian yeah. male lead and often. 
They had like they they shot they shot a scene originally originally in the script. Um, Jet Li and Aaliyah kiss. Uh huh. They take that out. They they cut it from the final cut. Um, so even then, like it wasn't even it wasn't even allowed to be as great as it could have been. You know, right? It would be too revolutionary. We can't deal with that. Right. Alex, too I many feelings. Alex, I have to say though, like this role that you play in Insecure, and we can dive into it uh, a little bit later as well. Is like I feel like knowing you personally and my first impression of you, like if you were to come into a casting room and play that part, like you're made for this role in a lot of ways, right? Eric, just t- look at Alex right now. Handsome dude has the sauce. I know. I'm He's jealous. Stop it. It's just the, it's the flowers in the yeah, background. Like, that's 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 all it is. It's not me. <laughs> Eric is like his background is like a bunch of grass blades. And I look like I'm stuck in like <laughs> a barn somewhere. And Alex is just dripping with swag. You know what I mean? And I felt that. And I think that like Insecure being the show that it is and like constantly trending on Twitter. Like I'm so glad that that love was reciprocated. You know? Especially in this interracial yeah. uh, relationship as well. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm flattered because I remembered to shower today. And I think that might be the reason why. I mean, I've, I have not been swaggy. I've not been <laughs> nothing like that. I'm actually, I'm actually just like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a dork, man. I don't really, like Andrew sets me up to like be this really cool guy. And I feel like I have to uphold this image. And it's like anytime I try to uphold it, it's so exhausting because yeah. it's not—it's just—it's really not me, man. I'm not walking around in Raf Simmons, like I'm like I'm not that guy. Yeah. But you know, it's as far as like reputations go, it's it's a pretty great one to to it's have to deal rap. with. It's a good yeah, one, man. But like, I okay. Let me tell you, I literally my decision making process before this jumping on and doing this was like, I want to wear a hoodie. Should I wear a hoodie? Is that dressing up too much? <laughs> that was my thought process. And I thought a hoodie was too much. So I was like, no, I'm just going to wear my t-shirt. Oh, man. Just to let you know yeah. the kind of, the kind of the, process that the happens. The humility that goes through your head. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm, normal, you know, normal you're in good hands. You're looking at a K-pop star right now. Okay. This is a guy who just did a whole like six-page spread on Vogue. And again, just wearing Look, look at me. I'm unshaven, wearing a just do it hat. Dude, I'm wearing the same hat. The same hat. Bro, why are you copying my shit? Stop getting all of my life, dude. Dude, it's because you're an influencer, bro. I saw it on your head. I was like, yo. You know what? He's influencing the trend. I should be… Nike should pay me. But anyways, okay. Let's, you know, let's jump a little bit into this show. You brought to us an amazing show. A great show. Um, I'm super excited to talk about it. I will admit, I I watched it probably in April during quarantine. And mm. I like binged it in like two nights. Um, and that's when I watched it. So my my details might be a little bit rough. So if you guys have things to add or narrations or whatever, please feel free to jump in on it. I just remember a lot of great things from it. So I'm excited. So for our people who are listening, the people of Committer Quit, welcome to the part where we finally talk about the show. I know we've been talking… About random stuff for a while. But it's called Watchmen. And this show is is great. It is based off of a comic book series. It is currently an HBO superhero drama and limited TV run. And it is created by Damon Lindelof. He's the showrunner. 
And mm-hmm. they've described it as a remix of the original DC Comics series. And you can currently watch it again on HBO. So Eddie, please read us the HBO synopsis. What is it? Set in an alternate history where masked vigilantes are treated as outlaws. This epic series from Damon Lindelof, aka the creator of Lost in HBO's The Leftovers, embraces the nostalgia of the original groundbreaking graphic novel of the same name while attempting to break new ground of its own. Regina King stars as a lead detective in the Tulsa Police Force in a wife and mother of three. Bum, bum, bum. Dude, Alex, were you a comic book fan growing up? No, I wasn't. I didn't really, I didn't really know about comics. It wasn't, it wasn't on my radar as a kid. Me neither. I always felt like I'm going to be very, very like controversial here. I don't know why, but comic books was such a white person thing to me as a kid. Am I the only one that feels that way? Interesting. Oh, you mean like… I don't know. I think… I think… Okay, let's be distinctive here. Like, you're not talking about like manga, right? Because manga and like… Anime oh, yeah, I guess… Very Asian. But like… Yeah. You're talking about like comics. Like… Like… Writing like show. Avengers like, to Avengers and DC. Like, I feel like the only… Stuff. Like, I feel like the only uh, exposure that I had to it was like through the form of another TV show or a movie. Of like little white boys yeah. running to the comic store… And like buying a comic. And like I was like, I don't know where to get comics. That's I have no you're idea. Right. Doing math problems, dude. You know what? Kumon run my life. That's just the way it is. For me, it just felt like kinda of, and again, yeah, controversial. But it felt like a waste of money to like get something Ooh. that you would only read once. Yes, that too. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's such a disposable That's, income thing. Yeah, and that wasn't really the way I grew up. So it wasn't really on my radar like that. Mm. I mean, it's like, it was like little thin pieces of paper with color on them. And they're going to charge you a few dollars. For me, I was like, I will spend that money on Pokemon cards. That's a much better investment. It's can you use that more just, than once? Yes. Yeah. You, can, you can use that in many ways. Anyways. Uh, so yeah. I don't think any of us are comic book people from when we were young. Which is fine. But, no. let's, but it's let's, cool to be a comic book dude now. So it's I like… Mean, yes, I think we're all playing catch-ups. We… I mean, We're all we, trying to catch up and flex our knowledge of Marvel and DC. I love right. the Avengers. Anyways. Yeah. Um, Eric, did you just totally… Did you just stonewall yourself for any future roles with Marvel I and DC? I love comics. Yeah. Take the time know. to apologize to the comic book gods that are the most I'm valuable really sorry. in this world now. Which I think I, is so interesting. Know what? I feel like… People in entertainment… Like there was definitely a moment in time when they're like… Oh comic books? Like… What nerds, right? But now those jocks or the people making fun of it are like, oh yeah, like I'd love to recreate Spider Man. Please give because it's going to be a billion dollars. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, okay. Let's keep talking about Watchmen. Um, So for the people who are listening, if you guys don't know, if you have not seen it, that's fine. We're going to give you a quick rundown. The main character is Angela Abar. She is Sister Knight. She's a wife, mother, baker, who is the main protagonist of this series. She plays a detective slash police officer in disguise and wears a nun's habit and a balaclava. I don't know what that is, but that's what it says here on the outline. And she is forced into hiding after being targeted and attacked by 7th Cavalry. There's Judd Crawford, who is the chief of the Tulsa police, a colleague and a friend of Angela. There's Wade Tillman, aka Looking Glass. He's an interrogation expert. Also, police detective wears a reflective mask. And there's Cal, who is Angela's husband. And um, I think that's like the main that we need to know for right now. Right? For the first two yeah. episodes yeah. or so. Right? So, 
Let's talk about this world real quick. Right now in this world, police people and detectives are all kind of in hiding, right? They all wear masks. You can't tell their identity because there have been incidents where police are targeted and attacked. And so that's why everybody's wearing masks. On the side, like Angela Abar, she's like a superhero lady who does all this other reconnaissance alone stuff with some people. But I started the show with very low expectations because of the movie. Have y'all seen the movie? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Disclaimer, that movie was made by completely different people in a completely different time before Disney revolutionized what the superhero film has come to be today. Right. Yes. So it was like such a different lane. And this, again, is like, I, I, was, I was looking forward to getting into this because it's like my favorite show of all time is The Leftovers. And Damon Lindelof did that. Oh. Um, so he, he created and, and, and ran that. So I n- kind of knew what I was getting into, which is just like a mindfuck of just like, uh-huh. he, he brings you into a place where you don't know which way is up and then mm. like delivers the goods every single time. Um, but yeah, so I also like did know about the movie, but I also knew about Damon Lindelof. So I kind of like, I had a feeling it was going to be better than the movie. Okay. Mm. So, well. Yeah. Let me just go out and say that it is much better than the movie because the movie is awful. <laughs> it's not awful. I walked into that. No, it is awful. Let's yeah, just think, get it out there. I think a lot of people would agree with you, actually. I watched It doesn't that, rate highly. Yeah. I, in college, my friends were like, we got to go watch Watchmen. I was like, I don't, know, I don't know what Watchmen is. And they're like, no, it's going to be amazing. So I'm in college. I'm paying money to see a movie. It better be freaking good because I ain't got money. I sat through like three hours of just a blue man walking around and then not knowing what was going on the entire time. I remember being so mad at my friends that they made me sit through this. So that's my disclaimer on Watchmen. Mm. Just say that this show is so much better. It is an amazing show. Okay. It is a great show. And then we're going to kind of jump into why. So in episode one… Right, it's it's summer and we're running out of ice. It's it's a name. And the description is in an alternate America where police conceal their identities behind masks to protect themselves from a terrorist organization. Detective Angela Abar investigates the attempted murder of a fellow officer under the guidance of a friend in chief, Judd Crawford. Meanwhile, the lord of a country estate receives an anniversary gift from his loyal servants. So that's episode one. Episode two. I'm gonna read it to you just the way it is. Uh, as Angela relives haunting memories of an attack on her family, she detains a mysterious man who claims responsibility for Tulsa's most recent murder. Elsewhere, an original play is performed for an audience of one. So, episode one opens with a flashback to Tulsa Race Massacre of 1921, right? Uh, it is considered to be one of the worst instances of racial violence in American U.S. history. And during the riots, mobs of white residents attacked black homes, residents, businesses in the affluent and predominantly black neighborhood of Greenwood, which was once referred to as the Black Wall Street of Tulsa, and this, Oklahoma. And this is like all real. This all happened in mm-hmm. real life. Yeah. Right. So for me, just to kick it off, and we could jump into the bajillion reasons as to why I personally love the show. And I'm sure, Alex, you love the show. And Eddie, you too. It… Completely reframes a narrative 
or and it, it sheds light on a narrative that I was just completely oblivious to. I had no right. idea. And as I'm watching this, I was like, is this real? Is is this real? Because there's there's bits of fantasy and there's bits of like supernatural, like human power, whatever. But there are these flashbacks that are based on historical facts and, and instances that I was like, oh my God. I cannot believe this is happening. Um, I guess like this is also very important to discuss and timely in the sense that we are going through a time period of a lot of racial tension and unrest. Um, and I was going back through this show. This is… Because well, when I first watched it, this is before… You know, the Black Lives Matter movement got so big and a lot of the stuff that we're going through right now happened. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on how this show informs what we're going through right now? Dude, I think you just said it. I mean, firstly, this this show in terms of like superhero universes grounds it in like our world more than kind of any other sh- like superhero show that we've seen, like uh, things are usually set in Gotham or like a, you know, a, a fictional New York or so on. But this, like by grounding it and showing in the pilot, the Tulsa massacre, it grounds it in our real life so that watching the rest of the series is a completely different experience. Cause it's like grounded in, in things that have actually happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when, when you watch like the, like this, the, the the squid falling out of the sky, like inexplicably. It's like, it's kind of like a real, like, what the hell is going on? Right. Because up until that moment, everything was kind of like real life stuff, you know? Right. So that's like, I, I love it. I love it for that because it's like, it's not like, oh, in a perfect world, there's unity between everything and we find our way there. It's like, no, in real life, we have these real race issues and even superheroes have a hard time navigating that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. I you know the first thing I did because it because the whole episode starts off just like in pure action and it kind of gives that historical context. So I Wikipedia it and I I did some research. My wife knew about it, but I was just like, man, like you know, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. How many other stories mm-hmm. are there like this that mm-hmm. are still stones that are unturned? Right? Like right? Um, yeah. You know, I even see now Hollywood is shifting towards more, uh, you know, stories of people of color and things like that. But, you know, as Asian Americans right now, we, you know, we we definitely recognize there's like a lack of visibility with like Asian stories. But I think that like, they're going to just be so much more. And there's so much to mine from yeah. across Asia and even here in this country. Yeah. So um, I loved, like you said, how it, uh, you know, inter- interwove between what actually happened and then this like, superhero universe yeah but think about it like like you said man like this is the first time we've the first time any of us heard about the Tulsa massacre was through a tv show about superheroes Mm -hmm. which is crazy wow but when we finally get our show or our movie that is grounded in the history of internment camps in america yep and like who and the people who built the railroads across america then how many people are going to know about Asian American history mm-hmm. from the first time through media because it's not taught in schools. It's not taught in right. syllabus across the country. It's wild. Like growing up, thinking about learning about the, you know, Exclusion Act and all those like immigration restrictions that happened. Mm-hmm. I think growing up, 
I felt so detached from it. Like I didn't identify as an Asian, Asian American because I'm just trying to just be as American as I possibly can. And yeah. and the other crazy thing is, and this is like as a young kid, like we're learning about how and why Asians were so excluded. And I think like as a kid, I was like, yeah, of course they're excluded because they were doing this, this, this to America. And like, how messed up is it that at school, yeah. as an Asian kid, I'm sitting there thinking like, that's right. You guys should be excluded. And then I look at myself I'm like, mm. wait, I am Asian. But like, there's just a complete disconnect because that's what we were told. And that's what we're taught in our history books yep. and our, yeah. our schools. And like, now as an adult, as a functioning human being, I can be like, whoa, that's like super messed up. And we have some sort of responsibility to be able to retell those stories in ways that are ours and they are empowering and that are stories of heartbreak and struggle that apply to us in a direct way. Yep. But there's so much rewriting and there's so much revision that needs to be done on how it, we have been informed and how we have been educated. And so mm -hmm. starting with, with this Tulsa Race Massacre, I mean, I'm right there with you. Like, I can't wait for us to be able to tell our stories the right way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I recently watched? I recently watched Django. Django and Shane with Jamie Foxx. Oh, and stuff. yeah. And I know it's a, you know, Quentin Tarantino movie. And it's, you know, a lot of his movies are like about revenge and kind of like revising history in a way that just kind of like feel, feels good like candy. Like once upon yeah. a time in Hollywood. Like if that… Mm -hmm. The Manson family or whatever was actually yeah, inglorious bastards. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I kept thinking to myself like, as I watched Django, I'm like, man, they're really highlighting some like horrible things, but this is all just fake. You know, it's like it's not like the way that Quentin Tarantino makes the story. It's like that's all great and stuff, but that never happened. So I'm like, it kind of leaves me feeling empty, but. With Watchmen, it's right. like the fact that they were actually using like real historical context and then building off off of that. It's it is interesting. I, like when I when I started watching Watchmen, I did not think it was going to include themes of the KKK and the historical, right. uh, you know, racial tension and all of this injustice that would be interwoven between all these episodes. And I think that really really made it fascinating. And not an angle I thought Watchmen would be taking. Like th this was not right. anything in the movie, right? Or the comics, even? No, not at all. No, no. I think I think this is the series is almost like a, it's like a continuation of the story as opposed to mm -hmm. a reboot. Okay. So it's not a, it's not a retelling. It's like kind of like taking off where the the comic left. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. So yeah. You know, one thing that I. Looking back at it, um, if you look at the show, we are sitting, we find ourselves sitting there and cheering for the police and the cops and the detectives in this series, right? Mm. Which is a, a very like complicated emotion right now, particularly because I feel like the current climate is completely the other way. Where we're, right, you know, we're not cheering for them. We're we're wanting to defund them. We're trying to deal with yeah. those issues, um, and I think it it's just this constant back and forth battle between like what is the answer and how do we deal mm. with this? Now I am no expert. I have no clue, and I don't know if any of us have like real thoughts on this or how to approach this. But 
I've I've not been in the states for a while now, but what are y'all's thoughts on like the commentary that this show may or may not be trying to do when it comes to the police and detectives and that stuff? I think it's you know it's not our reality, but it's not too far if it's funny. Um, you know, I live I live in downtown LA, and you know when the riots were going on, it was happening right here. Um, you know, my street got. Got smashed and everything. National Guard was rolled out on on, oh, on my street and everything. Um, but we had we had heavy heavy police presence, and there was a lot of uniformed cops. And because it was a pandemic going on, the cops were wearing masks mm. like they do in Watchmen. Right. And I like I just mm. I, I I had a really distinct moment where I like kind of like life imitated art for a moment where like mm-hmm. I thought about Watchmen, and I saw all these cops on high alert scared with their faces covered. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that's the crazy, like that's, it was just a crazy moment of, of it, refle- you know, reflecting something that I'd seen on TV. Right. Um, as far as, you know, what Watchmen does, I think, I think Watchmen r- relies on the audience to take like a, a, a you know, a glorification of the police force yeah. and, and suspend disbelief and, and trust that the police are the good guys in this because of the backstory of, of the white knight where, you know, all the cops were targeted and murdered right. and, and so on. So, so it sort of puts them on the back foot and makes them the underdog in the story. Right. And right. we love an underdog. That's just who we are. We all, we all love an underdog. So I don't think it's like as necessarily what the police force is like in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know that it can be as parallel as it can be. However, there was that one day on the street in downtown LA where I saw a bunch of masked cops scared of what the public would do that night. Right. And it reflected it. So, You know, I'm I'm thinking about it. um, And and I wish we could just talk about the entire season. But like, you know, like as the show goes on, there's also like so many flips and turns within this show that are just complete surprises that I think when I think about this, the show, the reason I loved it so much is I feel like it really worked on just addressing or just bringing to the forefront of our minds racial tensions and just like this kind of like apocalyptic like concern. Just like a lot of things that I feel like we deal with today, they just kind of somehow condensed it, took like the core of it and then put it into like a small tiny season of a show. And Mm. I think Again, I watched this show at the beginning of quarantine before we knew all of this shit was going to happen. And now I think back on it, I'm like, if I watched it right now, it would also be, a, it would hit me in a completely, completely different way, um, I think. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Alex, to your point, I wanted to touch on the fact that your moment during the riots and that parallel to this show. As I just watched this a couple of days ago, there were a lot of parallels with that. You know, one for the protection of the police's identity and keeping it anonymous for them. But like how often they're saying in episode one, like it is important to keep your mask on. It saves lives. But for a completely different reason of like what's going on here, like literally wearing a mask will save other people's lives. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, another thing that I, I just… The timing of this is just crazy. It's very coincidental. When did Watchmen come out? Do we know? When did you watch? I think 2019. Last year? I think it was. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. Maybe this time last year. Okay, so it wasn't mm-hmm. like what's going on right now. There's no way they could have timed no. that, but it was so well researched, right? So what I mean by that yeah. was like I recently watched a sermon 
from like Hillsong where like the pastor… He uh, has an interview with like an ex-cop. Who… Um, mm. Eric, do you know what I'm talking about? Like this guy's been like making the rounds. He's been like on Ellen and a bunch of different podcasts. Bro. No, I didn't get to see this one. But he used to be like a… He used to be a cop. And then so he's kind of seen it from the inside out. And in like the systemic racism that exists mm-hmm. within the, in the cop system. And he's not just a guy who's like… Uh, how do I say? Like betraying other cops or just trying to… Uh, be controversial mm-hmm. for the sake of being controversial. I mean, he he was laying out some cold hard facts. You know, like mm-hmm. even the fact that a lot of these police systems were rooted in the KKK. How like… Mm. Like when… Uh, yeah. I'm not getting my facts right. But it was something about like certain cities and states didn't have like a proper police force. So those that used to be like in the KKK like slash militia just transitioned into that. And so Jeez. as I'm watching this, right? Again, there are obviously spoilers when we talk about episode one and two. Like we find yeah. out that, you know, the cop that we think is good, he's, you know, they find some skeletons in his closet. Like literally a KKK yeah. uh, rope. <laughs> so I was good. like, dude, this is crazy that it's like yeah. about the cops and back to that. So Lindelof and his writers and his showrunners, like they did a really, really good job yeah. researching everything. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, you were saying that, you know, it wasn't written for this time because it came out a year ago, but like when the research is that good right. and that in depth, right. it's going to be, it's going to hit, it's going to hit the bullseye because it's all grounded in our history and in our reality. Right. So, of, of course, a year later, when everything comes to the foreground, mm-hmm. we had already seen it on TV because the research was done. Right. But, you know, it's, it's, it's so hard to talk about this show without talking about the whole season because so much <laughs> unravels throughout the season. Yeah. But, like, <sighs> you know, I feel like what, what's going on right now in the counter-protests and everything mm-hmm. and the anti-maskers and things like that, watching the, the, the journey of the 7th Cavalry throughout the season, mm-hmm. it's really scary because we start, the, we start the season where they say there's been three years of peace. They haven't done anything. Right. And then shit hits the fan throughout the season. And it's scary because like over the past few months, we've watched that progression start to take yeah. place yeah. in America. Um, I don't know. Like I think… I'll be very honest. And I… With you, Alex and I, Eddie, I f- I'm sure you can feel the same way. But this episode of Commander Quit talking about Watchmen is like the most confused I am. I've ever been on a podcast because there's so many things to unpack and there's so many things that are touched upon where I don't want people to misconstrue our intentions or like, you know, it's, they're sensitive topics. They're very sensitive topics. As soon as I heard Alex wants to talk about Watchmen, I was like, oh shit, like how do we do this in a constructive way? It's very complex. And that's it why. was either this or Avatar. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> Avatar won't fill up the amount of time. So we need Watchmen. Oh, okay, so I mean… But it's great. Let's just… Like, it's anyway. great. But we could just keep going into… You know, I think one of the things that I've been saying a lot recently is that… You know, as we are trying to process such complexities and like insane situations that we deal with on a daily basis in our culture and history and so in our society… Like it's easy for people to get mad and it's easy for people to tweet something. It's easy for people to just, you know, cancel people. But where is the dialogue? Like where and how do we have a conversation that can be fruitful or that can provide light? I've been in Korea over the past few weeks 
And one example is people that are in the industry keep coming to me and asking for me to justify why black people or African Americans would get upset about certain things. And I feel uncomfortable because A, I'm not black and I don't feel like I have all the answers or I don't know exactly how to do it. But what I am realizing is we are getting to a point where we can have conversations where I can explain to them, okay, the reason that they don't like, the reason that you doing this is offensive is ABC. And let me explain you the history. Mm. And I think a show like Watchmen is can do something similar where it brings things out into the mainstream where we can have a discussion mm-hmm. um, and try to understand it. We don't have to be black to be empathetic, to be sympathetic or to try to right. figure out ways to move forward. Um, sorry, I feel like I'm on a soapbox. But anyways, that's no, why no. As, I, as we're going through this show, I'm like, how do I do this? I don't know. Like there is no answer. Right. <laughs> and right. I feel like I'm losing footing. But I just want to be very open about that as we're going through this right now. Yeah. No, I I, th- I think I think that's part of the work, though. I feel like I feel like you know, this year a lot of dialogue has come up around. You know, this term has become really popular. Anti anti racist. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's not good enough to not be racist. You have to be anti racist, right? Um, because I think finally the perspective is starting to shift. Like racism is no longer supposed to be supposed to be a personal thing. It's it's a systemic thing. It's mm-hmm. an infrastructural thing. It's it's a it's a social thing, you know, and so it's it's not it's not as though it's like oh I'm not racist. That's not the point. It's like no, it's like we got to do our part to bring down the structures right. that are racist that actively mm-hmm. oppress. We need to do our part so that we can learn about the Tulsa massacre from our school books mm-hmm. in an education system that is no longer racially biased, and that we can learn about all of our histories, mm-hmm. you know. Because you you cannot look at the Tulsa riot and and say that that's not American history. That is that is that is hugely American history. Yeah. Yet it's not taught. Right. And right. So that's that's the kind of thing that we can look at and be like, okay, this is something that we can work towards. I don't know the answer, but I know that I can put my hand up and like say something and do something. Mm-hmm. Having right. this kind of conversation is like I don't know the answers. Like you said, I'm not black. I'll never be black. Mm-hmm. And. The best thing that I can do is to figure out how I can amplify a black voice or uh-huh. empathize and and work with that. Uh-huh. I think the best thing about Watchmen is like, yes, it touches on so many sensitive issues, but it doesn't beat you over the head with it. Right. Right. You know, you, like you don't finish the show and be like, whoa, I feel like that was a history lesson lecture yeah. in social studies. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of that's the power of media and 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 the medium that at which you're trying to prove a point or even teach people. I think like comedians, you know, like a Dave Chappelle, like he will mask it with uh, comedy, but I mean, he's just spitting facts, like real talk. Mm-hmm. You know, even certain musicians, yeah. um, they're able to do it in a certain way. So um, this Watchmen. TV show. It's just it's just so timely. So it's been it's been a pleasure to watch, man. And I'm really excited to have you on the show right now because again, like we touched on it earlier, just kind of introducing you to our listeners, but you were an Asian love interest in largely a black cast, 
you know, and you were embraced by the community yeah. fully. What was what yeah. was that like? Like, did you were you nervous at all about how you're going to be perceived? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was terrified, terrified. Um, you know, I felt like because because it, it kind of all happened overnight. I felt this need to like represent. I felt this need to 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 I don't know become a spokesperson or this or that. I mean, Eric, I don't know how 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 it's been for you in that in that sense where like when people start paying attention to you, you feel like you're supposed to say something noteworthy. Mm. You feel like you're supposed to do something with it. Mm. Um, you know, and and I think I kind of like I kind of my anxiety mm-hmm. kind of got the better of me in those moments where I I didn't know how I could best use my platform or mm-hmm. do this or do that. But, you know, ultimately it just came down to being just, I don't know, I guess, I guess, I guess the humanity of it, of just being like, yeah, I'm in a unique position right now where I have been embraced so warmly by the black community. Um, and, you know, the cast and crew of this show, which is again, predominantly black. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great moment for me to one, do some learning because I'm not from here. I'm not American. Mm-hmm. I can do. I, I can learn a lot, but also a chance to just enjoy the humanity of being Asian, you know, amongst the black community, right? As well as you know, being a part of the Asian community and getting to sort of share experiences between both communities. Right. Yeah, you know, like if you go go down the list. There really isn't that much that separates us. You know, we both. Between Africa and Asia, hella rice is in our recipes. <laughs> you go through. Our parents are overbearing as fuck. Right. You want to go again? You are not allowed to be a creative until you make money from it, and it's highly encouraged within the house to get a degree first. Yep. You know, like there are so many things that bring us together instead of separates us. Right. We're so much more similar than we know. Right. Yeah. You know. And I feel like that's the thing that I learned. Awesome. Do you know what I I just thought of randomly is, you know, there was that study a few years ago about like the desirability kind of thing. Do you remember that? Right. What was that from? And it's like you are you are showing and proving that thing wrong, which is great. Like you're right <laughs> in the middle that you you are on a show where people are sexy, they're cool, they're smart, they're witty. And just beautiful people doing amazing things and just showing life as the way it is. And I think it's so important and meaningful that that you are doing something or you're a part of such a cool show and, and a cast and crew like that. So um I don't yeah, I yeah, think it's awesome. cool. Alex, Thanks, I don't know man. if yeah, you know no, it is we had we had Phoebe Robinson on this show and she actually yeah. her, she she chose to do insecure. So that so allowed us to did watch you guys it. commit or quit. Oh are we commit commit. That's, that's a not even just being nice. Like the writing, the <laughs> acting. It was just… It was so great. And obviously yeah. Phoebe's the homie. She's amazing. But uh, my wife and I finished season one and we just loved it. And then putting those pieces together knowing that you were in that… Like literally as as your season started, that's when we got into it. And it was like… It was really no. neat to watch. Like… I mean it was, you guys are constantly trending on Twitter. Every time it's out. Yeah, yeah, man. Black Twitter holds it down every Sunday night. <laughs> That's just this game over. But, this yeah. year, it was it was literally it would, it would be it was it was between Insecure and The Last Dance. It was like oh. it was back to back. Yes, you know, that it was is like, correct. It was shutting down. I have a screenshot yeah. of that actually. 
Because um, it was constant. Because <laughs> like the last dance was also just so amazing. And so… Um, that was incredible. I think you're straddling… And go- but you guys covered that as well. You covered that yeah. with Randall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, I went through that list. I was like, everyone's covered all the dope shit. <laughs> I really had to dig deep for this one. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways. I actually, you know… I feel like we've talked enough about mass. I think we've talked enough about like… Uh, the race and culture and you know the accuracy of this show. But I just want to talk about like the other parts that really make this a great show. Such as like, yeah. the soundtrack. Like the style. Yeah. Like the directing. Oh, yeah. Writing. I'm just like… It's all yeah. it's all A plus for me. Like it feels yeah. so premium. I mean outside of even just the casting, right? Like this is like an all-star cast. Yeah. But not an all-star cast that would jump out at you where you're like, who? Like who are these people? You know? There are totally sequences where you're just like, man, this is totally out of a comic book strip. Yeah. Like, mm. like the action sequences mm-hmm. are so badass. Right. And you're like, it, it, it just reminds you that this well, that this is a comic. Right. Yeah. And that you're, you're in a superhero universe. And it's just like, I, I, I love the fact that it's so grounded in our world while still being superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, it, just, it just adds this like badass element to it. Right. As opposed to like, the Captain America always trying to teach people they're a good thing to do. The, no, right. like these superheroes. If we had superheroes in real life, they wouldn't be like Captain America giving us lessons yeah. on etiquette. They would be flawed. They'd be like people like in the cut, straight up kicking ass, and they wouldn't be embraced by the government. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the way Watchmen handles superheroes is so cool because it, it, it is so somehow grounded. Mm-hmm. If that's even possible, they it feels to so do it. real. Period, guys. Yeah. What is that like show on Amazon about? Like the bad superheroes, the boys, the boys. Like yeah. I actually I enjoyed the boys, right? But um, boys is fun. Still, like stylistically and stuff, it's not HBO's Watchmen. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, yeah. And so, uh, what else was I gonna say? Like that, the the acting, just the the tone. I mean, they've been using yeah. samples from different so- like iconic songs where I just keep thinking like yeah. the licensing money yes. in this show must yes. be crazy. They're playing like Frank's and everything. The reveals. Mm-hmm. Like the reveals are such a mindfuck. Mm. Where you just like even even this you know just I was re-watching it my second time watching it I'm like man I can't believe how they like how they got me so twisted. Mm-hmm. Every, it's almost like from the second episode onwards, it's just insane reveal after insane reveal. Yeah. Starting with, you know, the captain's closet. Right. Uh, and it's just… Right. It's amazing I mean, storytelling. I mean, yeah. For people who aren't convinced on this show, like if you don't watch the show, you're really going to miss out. I literally binged this in like two days. Like Eddie, like Eddie and I were quarantining together, and I would by like eight PM, I'd be like, "Bye, guys," and I disappear. And like, what are you watching? I had no idea Watchmen. what you were doing. Yeah, I was watching Watchmen. So this is like this is a surprise day. for me because Eric uh, would just shelter in place in his room and wouldn't come out for like fourteen hours. <laughs> and we're like, "What is he doing in there?" And you're watching Watchmen. Just watching great shows. Um, but yeah, like to your point, it's just. As I'm thinking about you saying these, there's just like, oh wait, there was this and this and this yeah. and this and this, just over and over and over, to the yeah. point where you're just like, can you even get to a weirder place? Now, having said this, like we've built this show up so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's my personal issue: is that they're not doing another season. 
That is what kills me. That's yeah. what kills my soul. Like I… After I finished it, I started… It was like, where, when are they doing it? It's like, oh, creator showrunner says he's not doing it this season. I was like, what do I need to do? Who do I need to meet? Who do I got to pay to make this happen? How do we… Because Alex, it, does, it does end on that cliffhanger. Yeah. And… Okay, so Alex, First I, off, I need you to I'm pull not, some connections and I did not watch strings. all of it like you guys… I'm not saying I'm all not right. telling you anything about how it ends. Okay, okay. But there is a, there is a cliffhanger. Okay. Oh my god! Um, Got it. I I will, I will say like HBO is that network that'll really mess with you though. So it's like, do I believe they're not doing another season? Right. Or are HBO they just messing that, me around? HBO is that network where they don't give a shit and they just they don't they just mess with you however they want. They're mm-hmm. gonna we have Game of Thrones. Next season's coming in four years and everybody will just sit there and yeah. wait. They did it with our show. We took a whole year off. Yeah. Oh, you took a whole year off? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. See, yeah. That's crazy. They don't, they don't, see? So that's the thing. I'm like, yeah. I don't I don't put it past them to like <laughs> sneak up and just be like, boom, here's season two. Right. And you just, you know, none the wiser. We so need it. I don't, I don't know if I believe it. Dude. We do need it. We, we do need, need it. it. I think that's pretty neat. We have an HBO verified actor check. Alex on commit or quit right now because like let's be honest like HBO is just like the coolest of the cool they came up with the paid subscription early on they're like guys they like, did pre Netflix so it's their name right home box office oh, oh that's, right that's what it is and so they're so like great. they called it at the beginning they've been very I, clear about quality since the beginning right like yeah, you're paying for this yeah. shit like this isn't your cable yeah. television no knock on you th- yeah. think about think about like shows that really changed television mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's hbo it's 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 the wire yeah it's sopranos the sopranos yeah it's game of thrones right it's entourage. you know entourage yeah you know it's there are so many shows that just change the game and it's all hbo mm-hmm. that's very true hashtag sponsored so <laughs> I gotta say that yeah. shit. Hashtag Alex's, paycheck. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag give me that raise. At his next negotiation, he's gonna be like, dude, I just dropped exactly, this on exactly. quit, dude. Man, I just did mad press for you guys. Like your <laughs> subs in Korea just blew up. So <laughs> you're welcome. Exactly. That's um, awesome. Well, I don't know. I feel like okay, I feel like our listeners probably get it. Like they should yeah. watch the show. Yeah. And it I also feel, got yeah. the most nominations out of oh, any show. Did yeah, it? Most Emmy nominations. I didn't know that. For 2019. Yeah. It's, for, it's uh, a great for show. This year? For this year? For, 20, for, this, yeah, for, for this year's this Emmys, they got the year. most nominations out of any show. That's great. So you really can't mess with that. Okay. Yeah. The, Emmys, the Emmys co-signed. I mean… I, I, we sh- I would like to have an episode sometime in the future… Where we just… Everybody has watched it… And you just come back and we just go through it all… Like in detail. And we just kind of tear it apart and really get into it. Because there's so much we can't say on this episode. Because we're only talking about the first two episodes and Eddie hasn't even watched it. All right. Let's revisit this at some point. And we should have a discussion. I mean, Alex, just to give you a little bit of history of the show. I know you've probably listened in on a couple of these podcasts. But Mm -hmm. historically speaking, we do a lot of like K-dramas, a lot of Korean movies. Um, We kind of switched up here and there through our guests. So we'll take anything from the last dance to better call Saul, right? But mm-hmm. um you know something like something like this we're we're very very excited about um and we are not this passionate about it to be honest with you. So <laughs> like between the three of us right now just raving about something for the past hour like you know it's great. 
you know? So, I, this is one of those things where I could watch it again and I would have no problem. Yeah. Also because Art, I have a bad well, memory I mean, and it would probably, be new yeah, to me. You, you, you get to the end and then realize that you I'd did like, watch it. Uh, so. Oh, there is a blue man. Uh, what happened? <laughs> Um, I do that. I was watching today and I completely forgot about three characters. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Shit's about to get real. I mean, I'm down. So, I mean, I feel like we covered a lot of different topics today. We're kind of all over the place. Yeah. And for our listeners, they might be like, wait, you guys make no sense. But if you watch the show, you will know exactly what we're feeling. Because the show itself is so… It hits you from so many different angles yeah. that you can't help but to kind of flow in and out of conversation topics like we are right now. Um, all will be revealed. It will all be revealed. But Alex, if you had to give like your best concise argument on just in case someone is not convinced on why they should watch the show, what would you have to say? You have the shittiest taste <laughs> in television if you don't watch this show. I, I, that's… That's what I would say. But if, if, I, if I had to convince them, I would say um, it's the most realistic superhero kick-ass drama mm. that's been on TV. Ooh. And it's only one season. Yeah. Digestible. Super easy to do. Eddie, yeah, what about you? Yeah. Okay. I'll go next. So as I slightly uh, alluded to earlier, like we've had a lot of different shows on here and… We've even gotten to a point where it's not as easy as a thumbs up and a thumbs down, right? Like we've watched a lot of shows, Alex. Like we've started mm. this in April. So um, we've gotten to the habit of lightly committing, you know, like adding a lot of caveats of being like, eh, it's not great, but maybe if you're bored or you're doing laundry, mm-hmm. it might be good. Yo, F all of that. This is a hard commit for me. Like this is art. This is like movie premium style art form. And um, there's a great story behind it. It feels very, very timely. Um, and the acting, the writing, all of the above, it's just, it's so good. And it's been a, a breath of fresh air for both my wife and I to just watch this and be like, this is awesome. A little confused at times. That's okay. But mm-hmm. this is awesome. A plus for me. Hard commit. Eric, what about you? I can't wait for you to finish this season because there will be so many times where you literally look at Britney and you say, what the F? Because I remember before going to bed, sitting there and be like, I have to process what just happened on this freaking show because it just played with my mind and my heart in so many ways. Mm. So for me, like, you know, Committer Quit was started from the fact that we're all locked down and we needed something to watch and to do. And so we would just binge watch. I'm totally about like probably this fall or winter when I'm stuck back in quarantine and I can't do anything. I'll probably just go through this entire thing again. It's I don't like to rewatch things. I don't like to go back. But this is one of those shows where I could easily go back and rewatch it and and pick up new pieces about history, about culture, about race, about how it applies to us and what we're living through right now. Like there's just so much to it that I think is great. So I I feel kind of bad because I feel like I… I'll be very honest. I have had such a rough few weeks with album promotions that I wish I had time mm. to rewatch it and like get even deeper. But if we get even deeper, people's heads might explode. So let's do this. I'm going to commit to it a bajillion percent. If well, at a future date… What? 
You said bajillion percent. I've never seen you this enthusiastic. Uh, it's a it's a bajillion is this, percent. Is this, is this year? That's a lot. Let's set the record straight. Is this your strongest commit to date on commit or quit? This is my strongest commit to date on commit or quit. And because I know the entire season and it's so good. And I, okay. I've, i the amount of times that I've searched Watchmen season two on my phone is quite often. I just do it to update and see if they made any updates of like, oh, we are going to do it. So I love the show. I'm so glad that you brought it to us, Alex. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm committed. I might tattoo this on like, my left butt cheek. I don't All know. All right, we get it, dude. You love it. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> I'm gonna check back in for that tattoo yeah. at some point. We should, like, if time permits, we should revisit this and really just all spoilers aside, just nerd out over this because, like, watching yeah. you guys going nuts over it, like, my wife right now is currently watching without me, so um, it's a problem. The disrespect yeah, of that. Totally you got to have a real sit down talk about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Or we're. But also, Eric, you watch yeah. this on your own, and I kind of feel bad for you because this is a thing you need to you need to talk to people about it. Mm. I know, I, but like everybody, when I was quarantining, everybody was too busy in their own world of doing stuff that I was like, all right, fine, I'll just do it on my own. And I was yeah. just like, I I need a book club or I need <laughs> something to just digest all the stuff that's going on. Um, so it, it was a lot, but again. Thank you for bringing us this show. We have a couple questions before we wrap. We have some fan questions for you, if you're okay with that, Alex. Um, Sounds good. Uh, here's one. It's kind of a kind of a spoiler right now, but um, let us know if you feel comfortable answering this or not. But Pamela Oduko one on Twitter says, "Alex, do you think in real life your character and Molly's can work out their differences from Insecure?" In real life, yeah, I feel like. Um, you know, therapy is good for everybody. And I feel mm. like we're always learning. We're always growing. I think, you know, I, th- I think that Molly and Andrew could really make it work because they're, they're really buzzword committed. But, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like they were on the same page. They just, they just had, a, they had a series of bumps over, mm. the, over the last season, you know. Uh-huh. And I feel like, you know, she definitely needs closure with his brother. They need to work on that, the family aspect. But I think there's a chance. All right. This is one from Kimmy Smith. If you could live anywhere else in the world, where would you live? Oh, I would live in central France. There's oh. actually a small town that I have envisioned. It's, oh, really? There's like 200 people that live there. Yeah. Uh, wait, it's, have you um, like seriously looked into this? Like, I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. Oh, okay. It's it's crazy. I went. I went. So my mom, my mom, um, she's from Singapore, and she's. Uh, her friend um, left Singapore when my mom did, and she married this French guy. And they live in a barn in central France oh, wow. in a town of 200 people wow. where there is no cell service. And it's a self-sustaining farm. They have all their veggies. They have all their animals. Oh, wow. they, have everything. And they, have a, they have a pool. Wow. They have everything. And so that's since I was like 18. That's been my place where I'm like, that's I, your I dream. That. Yeah, I think so. I yeah, I find myself like dreaming of those places more and more as I get older with age. Yeah, like give me a farm, 
Give me a winery, give me a donkey or a horse and a cow, and let's go. I will make a living. It could be. Listen, this quarantine has also made people realize that you don't need to see that many people. Right. No. Totally agree with that. I mean, I'm actually okay. My wife and I. What about you guys? Where's, Where's your perfect place to live? Ooh, I mean, I think like I heard New Zealand's really tight. I've never been there, but I heard New yeah, Zealand's tight. It was like right next to you in Australia, right? But you've never been. Listen, man, this it's one of my great regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized I was so close, and now that they've beaten COVID, almost none yeah. of us are going to be allowed in for a long time. <laughs> but <laughs> it's um, yeah, I, I do want to go. It's stunning from from by all accounts. It is stunning. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where yeah. where I would love to. I hear it's peaceful. I hear it's you mm. know they have good wine. Uh, they have COVID under control. Like I'm down. Whoa, I'm down. There's a lot of lot of buzzwords that I can get behind. Um, I, yeah. Dude, I agree with both of you guys. It's the farms are where it's at. I was actually at a farm for my wife's thirtieth like a couple of weeks ago called Blackberry Farm uh, in Tennessee, and uh, it's like a family run, self sustaining farm essentially and they've got like they make all of their sheep milk cheeses and uh you know like all of their pigs and turkeys and all these different things like and they got truffle smelling dogs that was like pretty crazy you know how they train dogs how to like sniff out bombs they do the exact same techniques and like will put like truffle oil soaked like (laughs) sponges in their toys so they would become like very receptive to truffle smells and then you just let them out into a truffle forest and they'll bring back a bunch of truffles and it's Wait, you're telling me that tennessee has truffles dude i i actually have no idea but those <laughs> dogs are those dogs are truffle dogs if they do have them these dogs will find yeah and yeah. let me tell you this farm is doing great these this family they have the largest winery in like the southeast as well wow. so it's, it's a pretty bougie farm but i kept thinking to myself if I had an unlimited amount of money to build my farm, yeah, right. That's what it's like. It's yeah. like it's like we all, we all gonna like be in the rat race and like sacrifice now and make our money, and then we can skip town exactly. and start our farm. Because I'll be that's honest, what, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the ones tending the chickens or the ones cutting. I'm not doing that. <laughs> cutting I'll, up the know, meat. Yeah, I'll be the one like on the tire swing, like drinking wine all day, you know. But like other people are doing things. Let's make this that clear. Got it. Got it. <laughs> All right. Got yeah. it. Um, All right. Alex, it's I mean, a working farm and you're not doing the work. <laughs> yes. That's right. Alex, I know, uh, you know, we, we've had you for, for quite some time. We're going to let you go. But what are, what are you working on? Anything we can look forward to? Anything that you're looking forward to? Uh, man, I'm just in the lab right now. I'm just developing a bunch of stuff. That's what quarantine's been good for me. It's given me mm-hmm. time to just, you know, because we're not shooting right now, just to queue up a bunch of things that I've been meaning to work on with people that I really look up to and admire. Mm. So it's been like a great time to do that. And there are a couple of things that I'm really excited about. Um, but, you know, we can share when they become All right. hard facts. Yeah. Right. And yeah. That's exciting. Well, well, we'll be looking forward to it. And uh, please come share them with us whenever you're ready. Um, Will do. In the meantime, I'll be listening to your Hot Fire album. Thank you, sir. <laughs> That's it. I appreciate right. it. I'll send you my Venmo after. 
<laughs> all right, all right, we'll do. I, I like that was a very organic uh, sponsored thing, but we're good. Um, but well, Alex, thank you again so much for making time. Um, we'll we'll do this. We'll have to do this again sometime, and and I can't wait to yeah, actually man. link up in person sometime in the future. We can chill. Yes, yes, and we can all talk about the greatness that is the watch. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be great. That sounds great. Um, I'm, I'm excited to get back to LA, and I'm also gonna get that workout routine from you as well, Alex. I don't know if you've been still lifting. You're looking pretty. You're looking pretty like fit said, right now, dude. So I'm trying to. It's a loose fitting shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about that. It's uh, like I said, these hobbies that we picked up and put down. Yeah, yeah. I bought weights. I used them, there you go. and I got over them. Yeah. So you know what? That's life. That's just the way it is. <laughs> And on that exactly. note, we're going to wrap up the show, guys. All right. All right. Let's uh, wrap it. All everybody, right. thanks for coming and joining us on this episode of Commit and Quit with Alexander Hodge. Please, please check out his TV show recommendation. Watchmen, if you haven't done so already, watch his show, Insecure, on HBO. You can, of course, find full episodes of this podcast on youtube.com slash divepods and find us on youtube.com slash divestudios. What else, Eddie? Yes, and make sure to tag us on our Twitter at The Dive Studios to let us know if you agree with our decision to commit or quit. Watchmen, if you don't like it, we won't get mad, but please just tweet at us and, you know, follow us on Instagram at The Dive Studios and at Dive Studios on TikTok because we blowing up, all right? Um, and yeah, we are also, huge. Also, make sure to subscribe to Dive Studios on YouTube at youtube.com backslash Dive Studios. Um, and yeah, Make sure uh, and to become check a patron of ours at yeah. patreoncom studios. We have great per- perks and full videos and opportunities to hang out with cool people like Eddie. Now, yes. that's all we have. That's all we got. Let's wrap this up. Let's do it. Everybody, have a great week. All Alex, right. thanks for joining us. You're the best. Thank Hope to you. See you soon. Peace. Thank right. you, Alex. Bye, guys. Peace. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say: your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over a hundred social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today! At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.